Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. And that was just written by you. You didn't, yeah. you didn't co-write with that. Yeah, I wrote that song in about 15 minutes in the car. You were in the car. Were you in love with a beautiful woman? I was. 
Yeah. I remember her and name. She was a singer. With Sherry. And uh, we'd been going together for about three or four months, I guess. And she was uh, actually singing in a band uh, down at the Holiday Inn down near Vanderbilt. And see one night. I was waiting for her to get off on her break so I could talk with her. And she never made it over to me because all the guys were hitting on her on the way through the crowd. And I got irked about that. And I went out and got my car. Heading back to my apartment. And I wrote that song in my head. And every word of it. And I didn't change anything. And I got in my apartment. I picked up the guitar. And I knew how to play it. And I... Because <laughs> I knew it was a good one. Well, I went in and, and put a demo down on it. It's uh, Steve Singleton's studio and with uh, two guys, uh, Jimmy Capps, a great guitar player, acoustic player, and uh, on now. And it was all it was on the demo. First, I went out to pitch it to Engelbert Humperdinck. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Which is another story. I don't know yeah, if you want to get into Yeah, that's in your book. Yeah. I think we have to cover it because it is part of the story. Well, yeah, what? Brother. Jack, my uncle Jack, lived out in Utah in Salt Lake City, and he was quite a character. And he was a really good golfer. And the first time Engelbert Humperdinck came to the United States, he met and they became good friends. What a coincidence. Yeah, they really did. And so through the years, three or four years, he had he called me and said, why don't you send me out some songs for Engelbert? I'll play them for him, you know? And I always thought it was cheesy to do that. And so I never and then when I wrote this song and I was working on it, I was going, no, he, he had that song after the lovin', you know. And I said, this would probably fit in with that, you know, and that was huge, that hit, Engelbert's. I didn't know Engelbert at all. This is one I should send to him, finally. So I called Uncle Jack and I said, I'll send this out to you. I think I got something. He goes, no, 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 you get on an airplane tonight and come out here to L.A. and I'll introduce you to Engelbert. I came out that night with my reel-to-reel demo of the song and uh, met uh, Engelbert. Uh, he, he met us at the Beverly Wilshire, or Beverly Hills Hotel, and we had some drinks, and then and we played darts. The and Polo drank. Lounge, I believe, yeah, yeah. is the name of the That's bar right. That's at the Beverly we Hills Hotel. Yeah, yeah. Okay, very hoity-toity. Yeah. And, and a lot uh, of celebrities running around. Yeah, and Engelbert had a, a Rolls Royce, you know, and a very nice so we finally go to his house, and it's on Sunset Boulevard, and he was pulling into the drive, and it was Jane Mansfield's old mansion. On the other drive next to it was Rod Stewart's place, and Cher's I lived in a single-wide trailer in Mount Juliet, so <laughs> this was something to me. So we go down to his house, and it's, it's had 13 bathrooms, this house. I mean, it was unreal. And it had a swimming pool, a heart-shaped swimming Bill, you know, and everything. It was unbelievable. After we hung out there for a while, he says, I hear you got a song for me. And I said, yeah, I have it on. It's a real, real tape. And he goes, well, let's go down to my rec room and uh, you can play it for me. Put it. Fantastic. So we go down there and he real puts it on the tape, hits the button and it goes about two bars and it ate my tape. I went, Engelbert, he just ruined my tape. <laughs> he goes, you just ruined my sound system. And so I hadn't taken a guitar with me, and he didn't have a guitar, so I couldn't play him the song. So that night I flew home depressed that I'd blown it. You know, that it got blown. I didn't ever get to play it for him. I told 
I said, I'll send you a copy or something. He goes, okay. And it's funny because that song in England broke his record for number one at the, <laughs> the longest in London. Uh, with, uh, uh, with Dr. Hook. Yeah, with Release Me. That, but anyway, so I get back and I studio and I'm putting, actually the girl wrote it about, she's doing harmony. What's her name again? Sherry. Sherry. Yeah. Shel Silverstein came by and he said, you know, even he says, uh, Dr. Hook's doing a third or fourth album and I, I've written a bunch but they don't, they want to do something different. And, I, and they don't want to do the songs I've written for this project. And he said, I think you might have the kind of material they need. Can I bring them by the studio? Working on Beautiful Woman, and he wanted it. And about, I guess, three or four days later, I was down Muscle Shoals with the Swampers, cutting this song with uh, Dr. Hook. And uh, I drove home just elated. And they invited you into the Muscle Shoals studio. Yeah, yeah I was there for for the recording of it. So uh, you write this song, and then Sherry, it's about Sherry. Uh-huh. Uh, you play it for her, like, that night, the next day, act, when you... I, I don't remember if I did or not. I don't know. I don't know if I did or not, but it was a true song, you know? Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's all about... I call those two years right there my paranoid years, because I also wrote, co-wrote, uh, and David, and, and, and Randy McCormick. Uh, in the same period, uh, and they were both about jealousy and, and uh, paranoia and yeah, love, you know? Yeah, a lot of women don't like that, so what happened? How did you... Did you end up... Did you we did end up... Longer break, no, we, we had quite a long relationship, actually, but we did end up breaking up. But not uh, over this song? No, no, no. no. She, was a, she was a singer. She understood. Okay, and, and then Suspicion, right on the heel. Want to talk about yeah. that? Yeah, that was one of the most magic things ever being created. I mean, this is a unique situation. We were at the Wally Hyder studio out in L.A. Uh, uh, David and I both, we, we started having some hits because we felt that the studios were a bit dated compared to what was out there. And so we'd go work in Muscle Shoals, first that. Dated and, on electronics? Where, yeah. Where the electronics had evolved Yeah, to? and... The, <laughs> no, no, yeah. mostly the equipment, the equipment. and uh. stuff, and and we just uh, would go other places to see what they had, and they were better. We thought it was better at the time. Uh -huh. That's quickly changed, you know. But, but we would go to Caribou Ranch out in Colorado, and uh, stay there, and uh, that was where uh, Jimmy Garcia, who started uh, Chicago, and used to do Blood, Sweat, and Tears, he, it was his place, and he had a wonderful studio. Yeah, two or three albums I think he cut there, and uh, Steve Martin did his comedy albums there, and uh, John Denver cut Rocky Mountain High there. It was a wonderful place, three thousand acres with a studio on it. I mean, it's incredible. Above both albums on Eddie out there, and and in this instance, uh, we had the Muscle Shoals Rhythm Section, who had played on some other stuff, come to Los Angeles to Wally Hyder's studio out there, which was a very famous studio. And I think we were just wrapping it up, pretty much all the cuts, you know, uh, tracking. And uh, the band went to lunch next door at an Italian restaurant. And David uh, Malloy and Mark, the, the keyboard player, stayed back. And the, and the recording engineer didn't go either. There was a Rhodes piano out in the studio, and he started playing a groove. And Eddie and I and David started writing a song. Suspicions written, pretty much. 
and we were excited about it. And we said, uh, David actually said to the engineer, he said, hey, uh, turn on a cassette or something and get this idea down for us so we don't f forget it, right? Roger Hawkins, the drum, great drummer, he came in right then and he sat down at the drums without the hair, earphones or anything and just started jamming with us. And when we got done, we went, man, that really sounded good. Did you get it to the engineer? He goes, I put the vocal on a 24-track tape. And that is the record. That is the record. We just added you just one bass, take. added the bass and changed some lyrics. And Eddie redid the vocal on a better mic. And for the David and I got in, went into another studio and fooled with it. And a flute player that's a solo on that. David Hungate, uh, Toto, put the bass on it. That was it. That is the record. With David Malloy and Randy McCormick, uh -huh. as well as Eddie uh -huh. Rabbit. Yeah. Uh, all sharing that, and that goes to number one. Yeah, it was huge. It charts. was Song of the Year. It was Country Song of the Year, even though it was an R&B song, actually. It's not about the same Sherry girl who no. is the most... No. She's the most beautiful girl in the world, the woman <laughs> in the world. This is just the, that feeling of jealousy. Yeah. There's no to me and and suspicion about in a love affair you know it's just eats you alive it's just it's just a horrible feeling but i think everybody feels it i with writers that are kind of fresh and new and everything i said you know songwriters always avoid human frailties and it's really what people relate to i think it's because and I think the ordinary listener that's not in the music business goes, wow, if he can feel that way, it's okay for me to feel that way. Jealousy and... It's one of the seven deadly sins, right? Yeah. And I, and I think avoid that in songs sometimes because it's uncomfortable. But it's really, I think the public likes it because it's, it, it connects them with the, the person that's supposedly a star. How could they feel? They kind of look at it that way, I think, and go, gosh, if he feels that way, if Tim McGraw feels that way, <laughs> I can feel that way <laughs> without feeling bad about it, you know? Yeah. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.